Good morning, my word family and guests. On behalf of Pastor Keith and Lady Demetrius Graham, I'd like to thank you for being in common unity with us to observe Holy Week with prayer, fasting, and the preaching of the seven last words from the cross leading up to Resurrection Sunday. Let's join our hearts and minds together, remembering Isaiah 53 and 5, which says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. My name is Pastor Dan Brooks, and I will be giving a devotion on the first first of the seven last words of Christ. The scripture reference will be Luke chapter 23, verses 33 through 34, and it reads, And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right and one on the, le- on the other left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The scene in this passage of scripture has us looking, looking in as Jesus is on the cross. But in order to get the full impact of this moment and these words spoken by Jesus, we must go back and review some of the things Jesus endured during his ministry and specifically the final days of life leading up to the cross. And when we look at what he went through, it's amazing that he would be able to speak these words from the cross. Let's look at what Jesus endured. First of all, Jesus was deserted. Mark chapter 14, verses 49 through 50 says, Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day. But these things are happening to fulfill what the scriptures say about me. Then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. This was during the time when Judas came to um, kiss him on the cheek and identify him as the person that the the folks were supposed to take. Um, and so when G- when they got to him, Jesus asked them that question. I've been here all this time, and you haven't, you know, done anything. And so here you come now. And so it says that his, his disciples deserted him. Those who were the closest to him, those who had been with him uh, during his ministry, those who he had picked himself to walk with him, those very people deserted him during the most critical time of his life. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Not only was Jesus deserted, Jesus was disowned. Matthew 26, verses 31 through 34 says, Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, 
Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. And we know that Jesus, uh, Peter, in fact, did deny uh, or disown Christ three times. Um, and so Peter, the very, the very one, the original ride or die, said that he would never disown Jesus Christ. He was the very one that disowned Jesus three times. So Jesus was deserted. He was disowned. And then Jesus was also demonized. Um, Matthew chapter 12, verse 24 says this. It says, then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed. Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. So Jesus was accused of being possessed by demons. Jesus was accused of being a part of the demonic world because of what he was able to do. And so he was accused of that. And in the very people, if we go back to, we just came out of Palm Sunday yesterday, and back in those times, in the Bible times, Jesus entered Jerusalem triumphantly on Palm Sunday, and people were praising him and waving their palms and, and um, you know, just cheering Jesus as he came into Jerusalem. But then days later, those very people who were, who were cheering him were the very people who were then calling for his crucifixion. And so Jesus was demonized. So with that backdrop, you wonder what causes a person to still be able to forgive under those circumstances. And I ask the question, would you be able to forgive under those types of circumstances? But here Jesus is doing that very thing. And how, how is that? It's because of love. First Peter 4, 7 through 8 says, but the end of all things, is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watch, watchful in your prayers, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Jesus was able to forgive. Jesus was able to ask the Father to forgive him, even forgive them, even though they had done all of these things against him. He was able to ask the Father to forgive them, and it was because of his love for them. It was because of his love for us. And, and we may look at the people and, and these passages and, and, you know, get indignant and ask, how could they do that to Jesus? How could they treat him that way? But if we look at our own lives and, and if we look at what, what we have come out of and even some of the things that we still do, as, profess, as professors of Jesus Christ, as those of us who confess him, um, what is it that Jesus 
still is asking God to forgive us for because we don't know what we are doing. We don't understand the impact of, this, of, of sin that we commit based on what Christ did for us on that cross. And so we need to remember that, the, that Jesus' love, his love for us released us from the penalty of sin. Romans 3.25 says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. We were re- the love of Christ releases us from that penalty. And then the love of Christ restores us. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ went to the cross so that those who were once enemies of God could become his friends. We, we are restored through the love of Christ. And then one day, we will be rewarded. His love will reward us. Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Brothers and sisters, Christ is able to forgive us because of his love for us. And what should be our response to what he has done for us? How should we live our lives knowing that Christ died for us gave himself, sacrificed himself for us. And so as we think about uh, this week and as we go into this holy week of fasting and praying and and just uh, remembering what Christ did uh, and what he went through for us, let us go through this week with a reverent attitude, understanding that he gave his all so that we could have eternal life. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you now in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, God, for your sacrifice. We thank you uh, for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Uh, We don't deserve it. We didn't deserve it. But you loved us so much that you were willing to come and live a life among us, a sinless life, and be the sacrifice for us, something that we deserve to go through. You took it on for us and gave us then the ability, the opportunity uh, to be in right standing with God. And so we thank you for that, God. And as we go through this fast this week, Lord, I pray for each one of us that we're able to deny ourselves, that we're able to uh, not worry about uh, the comforts of this world, but to focus on you and and the time that you went through uh, those 2,000 years ago when when you laid your life down for us. Lord, help us to be uh, mindful of that. 
help us to understand uh, that that allows us now to live a life and to share with others that because of what you did for us, you can do it for them. And so, Lord, help us when we have opportunity uh, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who don't know you. With This is the time when, when people are curious and people ask questions about who you are and what you did. So, Father, help us to be ready. Help us to be prepared uh, to give an account, Lord God. Help us to be ready to talk about who you are and what you've done for us and how what you did for us, Lord God, you can also do for them. And so I lift up every person on this prayer line. I pray you strengthen them today, Father God, and throughout this week. Help us all, again, to be mindful of this week and and to just live a life uh, that will be pleasing to you and that will give reverence to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and what he did for us, knowing that when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, that he was allowing us uh, access to you, God. And so we thank you, we praise you, we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. The Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.